0: Charlotte and I'm Heli and welcome to 20s are hard our fortnightly podcast about surviving your 20s. So how have you been this fortnight? I'm good it's been really really busy now it's kind of getting towards Christmas season. As if it's December. I know. How is it now December? I mean can't believe it. This will go out in a couple
1: of weeks time but um it's like it's the first weekend of December and it just feels absolutely insane that we've started advent calendars already. I've
0: already had two Christmas parties like Christmas meals what? And it's absolutely mad. I my mean, first one was the 23rd of November. That is eager. It absolutely... I couldn't believe it. And it felt really weird getting all festive and Christmas. I mean, it was lovely and I had a really yeah. nice time. And it did make me quite excited. But I'm never usually that festive that early on.
1: No, I've been quite restrained this year. I haven't really wanted to get too festive too soon. It was only um, last week when I started to feel it. I went to Covent Garden and it was really, really cosy and all yeah. Christmassy. And then i ha- I put my tree up because we, like... Me and Heli of Mara, the two friends this week and weekend,
0: who are Asia and becky by the way
1: shout yes. out for an awesome weekend um and we so they all came to mind so i was like right we've got to get the christmas tree up before they arrive because you can't have your christmas weekend celebrations yeah. without a christmas tree it
0: just didn't feel right this is huh? our do for christmas it's yeah. yeah we did all the christmas at present swap and everything and it did it does make me feel very excited when we all get together and it's all decorated but whenever I decorations know, get up go up it feels so festive like they're yeah. starting to go up in the office and everyone's getting oh that's exciting little excited yeah So it's good. Um, But what about you? What have you been up to the last
1: couple of weeks or so? What have I been up to? So I actually left my job a couple of weeks ago. So I'm currently in between jobs and I'm working on some other stuff as well. But it's like I'm filling my time very well. But it's kind of weird. Like I've not had time off in the week for, well, since I was a student.
0: Yeah, it's it's a weird adjustment to make, isn't it? All of a sudden, just not having a full structured day.
1: But it's actually really nice. Like I've got my own little structure and own little routine. I've been working out again.
0: Yeah, Um, it's nice because I feel like, because I I left my job last year and it it was slightly different, I was going away travelling for a little bit, but you almost, have you found you're quite impressed with yourself because you've realised that actually you are able to be an adult and structure your day and get the things done you want to?
1: I get so much done and I have a really productive day and it's really... um... I'm just, I'm kind of enjoying it, if I'm totally honest, which I'm sure you're not meant to say, but I am. No, you should. Like, how Um, often
0: do you get a little bit of a breather?
1: Oh, this is kind of what I thought. I mean, originally we were going to do a bit of travelling, but life happened, and unfortunately things don't always go to plan. Um, As we
0: well know. As we well know. (laughs)
1: Um, But it's kind of making the most of the little bit of time I've got off now, and I'm really thoroughly enjoying it. Um, And then, of course, we had the Christmas thing this weekend, and now it's just kind of getting ready for that ramp up to Christmas, which...
0: Christmas I am. shopping I've oh. actually
1: started my Christmas shopping I'm almost done with my Christmas yeah, shopping
0: yeah I, I am actually I say that because I'm, I'm still stressed because it's always like the big like family ones that I stress yeah, about getting I've got the most
1: some, or, or the people who are really hard to buy for as well
0: yeah but um, I've actually prepared myself quite well for it this year which is a relief
1: really re- reduces that stress as well
0: yeah and also I mean you've done it in like your october paycheck before you're paid for november Yeah,
1: because i always what i've done for so many years is forget and then november paycheck comes and then you have to pay for like all of your christmas meals and drinks with friends and coffees with ketchups plus all of your christmas presents yeah and that's why it's, so it's stressful. a lot yeah so i've kind of this year thought no i'm gonna do my christmas presents out of my october paycheck and then come november i can focus more on like those tail end presents and i guess just spreading out a bit more yeah. making it a bit more easy for everyone Yeah. Removing some of the stress of Christmas. Oh, totally.
0: Totally. Um, but it would be great if we could talk about uh, our recommendations for this week. Do you want to start with what you've got? Yes. So my first recommendation is a restaurant, um, that, oh my God, I went for, I went for food this week and I was absolutely blown away. Like I was, I've not had a meal out that's that good in such a long time. So it's called Mowgli's as in like Jungle Book, Mowgli's, Mm. um, and I went to the one in Oxford and it's kind of like it's it's curry but not it's traditional curry not mm. like your British curry chicken tikka like <laughs> authentic Indian food and it's a lot of street food it's, it's more like a tapas style oh that sounds really cool Indian restaurant absolutely gorgeous restaurant as well you can sit on swings at some of the tables Ooh, that's cute. um but it is a chain it actually started up north and I believe the one in Oxford is the first one that's in the south
1: mm. um
0: so reasonably priced and the food was incredible i just can't recommend it enough and they also had an entire vegan menu as well amazing. which i was really impressed with it wasn't just like five vegan options it was an a4 page of vegan options
1: amazing i want to come with you next time i come to boxford I'm yeah
0: go. we should we should it was so so good and i do, I want to go back because there was so many dishes i actually said to the waitress i was like what would you how many dishes would you recommend because i wanted six she was like don't get more than four I'll, oh okay, okay, okay I will control myself
1: um, what about you what's your recommendations so my first one's actually food related as well and given that I've had a bit more time to cook and everything I i mean I love cooking I'm a crap baker I cannot bake for the really. life of me but I do quite enjoy cooking like cooking dinners and lunches because kind of be a good bit more off piste and enjoy it a bit more and I like having a nice home cooked meal and also I'm like allergic and intolerant to everything so cooking for myself means i can actually eat something yeah. a lot more easily um, so i downloaded the deliciously ella app probably at the beginning of this year um, and i've just really got back into using it like i find some of the recipes if i'm totally honest you need to add a bit more spice or flavor into some of them because yeah. they can be a little bit bland um, and a lot of them contain nuts so i have to kind of substitute that because obviously i've got an allergy Um, but I've really been enjoying using it and because it's all on an app, like, I like to plan my meals out for the week in advance so I don't have loads of food waste with my food shop. yeah. yeah. Um, so like if I'm away for the weekend, I'm like, oh god, I need to do a food shop, but I haven't got like all my cookbooks to go through. It's quite nice just to scroll through an app and so like yeah. fa- you can favourite your like the things you want to cook the most. That's such a good idea
0: because I always have that issue. I want to food plan, and I, it's something that I can do like on a lunch break when I'm on the bus. Yeah. But I have that exact issue that I don't have my cookbooks Well, I think
1: so. so I got it last January. And I think there was like a sale in January. And it was on offer for of, like ninety nine p, which is when I got it. because I thought, oh, for a quid, you can't go wrong. Mm. Um, but I think normal price is only like three or four quid. Like, and when you think you would how much you pay for a cookbook and you... I think there's... I feel like there's like 150 recipes on it. Oh, that's brilliant. So there's drinks so like smoothies and stuff like that. How to make your own nut milk if you want to. Um, Main dishes for like lunch and dinner. Breakfast, snacks and sweet options. So you've got... And got salads everything. and sides as well. So you've got like oh. loads and loads of stuff. Oh. Um, And some of it is a little... Like there's a lot of pasta recipes but it can be a little bit samey. Yeah. But actually if you go through them all and work out what you want to cook you can amend them as you wish. Um, and my favourite one at the moment is her winter stew. I cooked it for the girls on Friday it night. It's so they good,
0: up. really, really nice. And it's
1: it's got like four of your five a day in it or something ridiculous, so you know you're having a really hearty meal. So that is my first recommendation, and it's really great as well because I feel like in December you just go off money and whatever you see. So to know that you've got a really easy way to plan quick yeah. and easy healthy meals, it just makes in like a bit more control. Yeah,
0: definitely.
1: What's your other recommendation?
0: Um, mine is a book. Um, so I actually went to a a um, talk at a Blackwell store on Thursday and it's two of my favourite authors, they're kind of gothic uh, thriller writers and one of them, it's his debut novel, uh, it's called The Seven Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, it has been out for a while now and it's now available in paperback so you can get it cheaper. Well
1: I've seen this on your bookshelf before, you and I can yeah. ask you about it, yeah.
0: It is incredible, if you are, it's if you're an Agatha Christie fan, it's very much that kind of gothic whodunit structure oh
1: that sounds quite interesting
0: but it's almost a it's like a combined with groundhog day so okay evelyn obviously clue is in the title dies seven times and the main guy in the book he has to relive the day over and over in different bodies of different guests in this house until he solves the crime of who's killing her And it is just, it's so cleverly written. For a debut novel, I'm absolutely blown away. And at the talk, he actually revealed he spent three months, before he even started writing, three months planning the timeline because it had to be so precise because obviously he was just replaying the same day over and over. Um, So precise, everything. Like if someone's in the kitchen cooking a meal, they then three minutes later can't be upstairs in the bedroom and... Just, oh my pra- gosh, that the it. level of detail. Yeah, so minutely. He said, I'm never going to write a book like this again. <laughs> um, he was hilarious. It's like, so engaging to listen to as well. But the book is amazing and I would totally recommend anyone give it a read and it's in paperback now so it's much cheaper. Well,
1: there you go, one for your Christmas list as well. Yes. yes. Um, um, what was your second recommendation? It's very festive theme, my second one. Um, and I love, I love putting on quite chilled, relaxing music around the flat when I'm at home. Um, and I'm not really doing anything. Yeah. And if I'm really honest, and this is a bit controversial, I'm not a huge fan of, like, traditional Christmas music. Like, don't get me wrong. I love a bit of All I Want for Christmas is You. Mm. And I love the Michael Bublé Christmas album. But you hear it so, so much through you the do. festive season. Yeah. You kind of get to that point where you're like, oh, my God, if I hear Wham! one more time, I'm going to jump out a window. So <laughs> I've kind of been looking for Christmas music that's festive, but it isn't, like, the... The top ten of the Christmas charts, basically. Yeah. Um, and there, so this year Spotify, I've done loads and loads of different Christmas playlists. Like, oh, that's there's definitely one you will find that you will like. But there are two that I've been listening to on rotation. The first is Christmas Coffee House. And it's kind of just like acoustic, chilled covers of famous Christmas songs.
0: Oh, I like that. That's nice. So it's
1: just somewhat, it's a different person's voice. It's a different kind of like um, rhythm and all that kind of thing. Definitely not the technical musical term, but like different kind of tempo and all that. Yeah. it's, It's really chilled out, really relaxed. And it's just been nice to pop on when I'm like pottering around. And the other one is Christmas Peaceful Piano. It's like the Christmas version of their peaceful oh, piano right. playlist. It sounds cute. So there's, it's there's no vocals in it, but it's really like almost as though if you went into like a nice restaurant and they're playing piano Like the music they would play, there is it you know? cozy it's very <laughs> cozy all i've said this weekend is cozy at literally everything That's i've spoken fair. about i've said cozy even when cozy is not an appropriate word so everyone's mocking me now everything is cozy uh, yeah uh-huh. alex mocks me about this a lot but it's cozy <laughs> um so yeah it's what i've been listening to and i just it's just nice it's something it different it's the one we were listening to on friday night when we did presents it is nice yeah Nice to listen to. Um, is it cosy? It's cosy. See, see, <laughs> um, but with cosy talk at an end, before I drive everyone insane, um, shall we start our topic for this week? So we're doing something a little bit different.
0: Yes, uh, we're going for a little bit of a, a different structure, but something that, as we're getting towards the end of the year, thought it might be thought be might be a nice thing to kind of do as more reflective
1: i guess yes, like, yeah just a bit more chilled and... a bit more reflective
0: yeah um one thing we both love
1: doing and we're both quite nosy about is hearing what other people's favorite pieces of advice are yeah like not necessarily going to people constantly for advice but when someone like when someone gives you a really great piece of advice or like a almost like a good sound by you're like god
0: that yeah that's brilliant because i'm not a big fan of the inspirational quote however no. if someone has <laughs> Well, you know what I mean, when there's (laughs) like a two paragraph bit on Instagram of someone telling you about some, I don't know, (laughs) I can't, I can't be dealing with all of that. Um, but and good solid bit of life advice or something that I think, yes, this is actually something that is relevant to me and I'm gonna I'm gonna pay attention to this and like make a note. Really constructive. But yeah, if we I think what we'll just do is take it in turns to share our best piece of life advice and have a bit of a chat about them and
1: all that kind of thing. Yes. So do you wanna start with your first piece of advice? I certainly can.
0: Um so this one is something that um, I remember my mum saying to me several years ago now. Um, And it was actually, she said it to me at the end of a relationship, and she said, don't look back, you're not going that way. And I know a lot of people, that is a well-known piece Mm -hmm. of advice, but I always very much, I think it's so applicable to everything, Yeah. because things happen, sometimes they're great, sometimes they're not. I think they happened, you need to keep moving forward. Definitely. And whether that is a relationship that's ended, or whether, like you, it's a job that you no longer want to be in. You can't look back and think, oh, but if I'd have done that differently or yeah. what if. That's the worst thing because what if is not helpful and it's not constructive. Yeah, you, All you can do is work with what you've got now and move forward with it.
1: Completely. Like You can not You can sit there for ages and ages going over and over something and saying, should I have done this? Maybe I should have done that. Have I made a mistake? Well, you can't go back and change it.
0: And it's not healthy for you to analyze yeah, and think about that so much.
1: Completely. It makes you feel like crap. So it, actually, that's such a good piece of advice. It's like, nope, just... That's actually something I always used to do physically as well.
0: No, I... Do you do it
1: physically? Like when you say goodbye to people? I did it when I used to say goodbye to Alex at the airport. I would just have to walk through Passport and not look back
0: because I would just be bawling my eyes out. The funny thing is that when my mum said it to me, it was actually because she took me over to my ex's house to Mm. pick up my stuff. Uh, And she said it to me in the context of when you walk out his front gate, do not turn around. And she, and then she, that was the whole like yeah. you're not going. It's that such way. a good
1: piece of advice. And, and
0: I do physically remember opening that gate and just walking out and getting in the car and not even looking back. And. Um, like it, so i think it is applicable both ways as well because yeah. i'm the same as you when i'm going through passport and no, so i can't no. bring myself to turn around and look at taylor i'm think i'm convinced the check border control must be like oh god it's this crying girl again <laughs> like it's just and it just makes you feel worse like oh god yeah awful. that's my worst thing is if i turn around and see that he's also crying no, and I'm, done, like, I'm done i'm no. done i'm
1: just like <laughs> nope i'm leaving but, um, like, a very good piece of advice to deb's there
0: Yeah, definitely good good mother mothership advice
1: yes um what's your first piece of advice the first piece of advice is a piece of advice a friend said to me years ago now and like this is just a friend who and I've said this to him before he gives the best advice he's so down to earth he says stuff and I'm like oh yeah that's actually like a really good piece of advice <laughs> but he said it was something his granddad used to say to him and he was like um nothing is ever as good or as bad as you're thinking it will be and I was like I, it took me a little while to roll it over in my head. Yeah. And I was like, actually, that's so true. And like, the thing is, you either... When something's coming up, you can really easily build it up. Like, say, like, this weekend, for example, when you were all coming down, you can sit there and have, like, really high expectations and set yourself a really high bar of how you expect it to be and put so much energy into how it might be it's never going to live up to it mm. and actually instead of enjoying the moment you're just thinking this isn't as good as i'd hoped or is everyone happy and you don't live in that moment enough yeah and on the flip side nothing's ever as bad as you think it's going to be like you can sit there and i think for two chronic warriors this is this is why he told me this yeah. piece of advice because i'm sorry Is that you can work it up in your head and it can be so disastrous and so awful and actually when you do it It's not actually that bad. And you're like, oh, I worried for nothing. But it's when you're getting into, I find it really useful when getting into that spiral of, oh my God, this is going to be awful. This is going to be horrible. Like even little things like, I don't know, like a few weeks ago, I had to go to the doctors because I had really, really bad eczema. And I was like, what if they don't give me a cream for my face? It's going to be like this for Alex's graduation photos. My face is really sore. I'm going to look horrible in the pictures. What am I going to do? And then I was like, it's probably not going to be that bad. in, the guy's like, yep, sure. Here's a cream, it's sorted. Yeah. A perfect My, example. Mine's always
0: like worrying about stuff at work and I'm like, oh, but then if that doesn't get done, then this is going to happen. And then if this happens, then something else is going to happen and then it's going to come back on me. And I'm like, wait, I'm, you, just you've just a created step. a whole scenario <laughs> in your head that you don't yeah. even know. And then usually I go in, go to work, get everything done that needs to. And none of those things that I was thinking could happen do. And it's just not as bad as I was expecting. Yeah. is I mean classic worrier signs
1: yeah exactly so i found that a really helpful piece of advice to just take a step back reassess the situation and go okay fine i can actually i can completely handle this i need a bit more faith in myself and to chill out yeah definitely yeah what is your second piece of advice
0: uh so my second one is from one of my favorite books i'm a huge jane austen fan slash nerd have read (laughs) all of them um i've never read
1: any jane austen books got
0: that Horrified. I'm really me. sorry.
1: That's I feel really like I need to. I feel oh. very, like, whenever you mention it, I'm like, oh, I need to do that. Oh, I'll find you an easy one. Okay, yeah. fine. Yeah, get me an easy book. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> but um, in Sense and Sensibility, um, she says the phrase, know your own happiness. Oh, that's good. I like that. And Asia actually had that printed on a silver bracelet for me um, a few so years cute. ago. And I think it's so... I mean, I love it because Jane Austen wrote that in a book in like the 1800s or whenever it was. Yeah, and it's still relevant today. And it's, yeah, it's so, so relevant because I think it is for absolutely everyone the most important thing is knowing what makes you happy, whether that's in relation to a job, a relationship, a hobby, um, where you're living, absolutely anything. You need to know what makes you happy Mm -hmm. before you make any decisions. I think, like, being happy is like people don't count it as a priority they're like oh yeah. I have to get a job I have to own a house I have to get married no just you need to do what makes you happy
1: yeah I think people often see happy as a destination and this is like an add-on piece of advice but yeah. I think it was Victoria Beckham I was reading an interview with once and she was like everyone treats happiness as a destination not a mood and as soon as you acknowledge it, it's a mood and it's something like you can control yeah. to an extent like it you, you prioritize it differently and it's that exact thing of like if, you, if you're knowing your own happiness, it's like, okay, I might not be happy in every element of my life, but I know that when I get in from work in the evening, my little bit of bliss that day is putting on a nice playlist and having a cup of tea. Yeah,
0: it's like we were saying this weekend, if, if going once a month to have your nails done
1: is yeah. something
0: that makes you happy and is your little moment for you, like you might have had a tough week and you don't need to be happy all the time, 24-7, that's not realistic, but... If there's a little something that you like doing for you that makes you happy and will be your little pick-me-up and your little like kind of bit of time for yourself, mm. do
1: it. Like definitely it's really good for self-awareness as well, I think, and knowing in a situation what you actually want. Like you can get so blindsided. I think you you get so much information out of about what makes other people happy, you can kind of get um, brainwashed into thinking, oh yeah, if, if I have that handbag I'll be happy, or if I go on holiday like that, I'll be happy. Well, no. Yeah. Like, I see people going on all these nights out, and I'm like, oh, maybe that would make me happy. I hate going on nights out. Yeah. I don't really drink. (laughs) I hate going out in the cold. I don't really want to get dressed up in uncomfortable shoes. I want to stay in and watch Strictly and chat with my friends. Yeah. And actually, as soon as you know that, you're like, okay, I can do, it's like, you do you kind of thing. Like...
0: Yeah, it's it's like when we've spoken before about different travel styles and you look and you see someone who goes on a gap year and travels and you're like, oh God, maybe I should do that. Yeah, actually. (laughs) Realistically, that's that's not something that you you would love doing. It's not going to make you happy.
1: So yeah, you've got to know your own happiness, I think. And it's a journey to find that.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, What's your next piece? My next piece is a very practical piece of advice um, and it's never cry at work. I, I cannot get on board with this more. Like, so I so agree. This was said to me. I think I think it was Alex's mum said this to me a few years ago. And it was a really passing comment. Like, oh, yeah, you never cry at work. Um, And I was like, that's such a good point. Because initially you're like, oh, God, that sounds a bit, you can't be emotionful. That's not the right word. You can't have emotions at work. Emotional? Um, yeah, emotional. That common that's, that's word. That's the one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, you can't be emotional at work and it's not about that at all. It's more saying it's just maintaining that element of professionalism in the workplace and just kind of being able to take a step back and saying this is really hard or this is really upsetting or it's really stressful, but it forces you to take that moment. Like I've cried at work, but I do it in the toilet, so yeah. I do it quietly. I pull myself together and get back to my desk and then it's like, okay, I've taken that moment away from all the mayhem and craziness, taken a moment calm down, get everything under control and then go back out and you're in a better, more positive mindset. Yeah. I just, personally, I don't, and obviously if something awful happens in your personal life, it's, it's very different. Like, that is, that's separate to this. Like, God forbid something awful happens It's more like,
0: do not let work, do not yet let your work make you cry at work trying to get that out the right way no
1: it's it's true like remember that it is work at the end of the day and for the large majority of us it's not a life or death situation and even if it is you you should still have that practice of taking a step back and saying okay let's let's not let my emotions get on top of me because often it's not necessary and for most of us it's not a factor that should come into
0: our jobs 99 of the time i mean it goes back to what i was saying before it's probably not worth being that yeah. worried or that kind of getting worked up about, but if you need to take that space and have a cry in the toilets, like I sometimes do need to do, <sighs> that is, I, I would much prefer that than to know that uh, my colleagues, as much as I do get on with them well, I would hate the thought of them having seen me cry. Also, it worries people maybe unnecessarily. Yeah, I think that that would think.
1: Sometimes I nerd. need a
0: cry, and I don't want them to think that there's something majorly wrong because it's probably because I'm a worrier again.
1: <laughs> yeah, like we're not saying. Don't ever cry and don't show emotion. It's like sure, it may be a constructive way, and I don't think necessarily an office environment is that that particular place. Yeah, personally. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's definitely helped me to like have a better approach of being like a bit more like okay, a bit more self-awareness. Let's take a step back, calm down, and reapproach the situation. Yeah, definitely. What is your final piece of advice?
0: My final piece is. Something that I've heard a few people say, and it's something I've become so much more aware of over the last year or so, um, is to stop saying sorry. I need to do this more. (laughs) And stop saying sorry for things you're not sorry for. Yeah, that. And because all the time, and I do actually feel like this is something that women do more as well. They'll be like, oh, sorry, can I just, or, oh, sorry to ask, can I just, no, stop making excuses. You're you're not sorry because you don't need to be sorry. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think I'm trying to replace it with other things. So sometimes I'll I'll say, like, I'm, I'm sorry that this hasn't worked. If it's something that happens at work, I'm sorry that it hasn't worked out the way that it should have. Because yeah. I am sorry that that's, that that's happened. But
1: you're not personally sorry. You didn't do anything wrong. I didn't
0: do anything wrong. It's, it's something somewhere along the line in the process that's happened. Yeah. Or what I'll try and do is replace it with something that's positive. And I think this is really important. Rather than saying... This is a really basic example. But rather than saying sorry I'm late, I'll say thank you for waiting for me. Oh, that's a good one. I've seen that around a little bit. This is definitely something I need to do more of though. I just don't... I, I
1: apologise for everything. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry that, like, my neighbour took in my parcel then. I'm like, I'm so sorry that you had to take it in. I asked for it to be delivered on Monday. It came on Saturday. I was like, oh, it's fine. I'm, like, I'm just really sorry for the inconvenience. He's like, it's absolutely yeah.
0: fine. And actually what you could have said is, oh, thank you so much for holding this for me. I really yeah, appreciate it. You he
1: didn't need my apology. Like, if it was a problem for me, he wouldn't have taken it in. And, like, I would taken his packages. Yeah. like <laughs> so if he apologised to me, I'd be like, that's
0: weird. And I do think, like, saying sorry... One, I think it's lost its meaning because we say it so much. A sorry should be for something you're genuinely asking for forgiveness for. Yes, I agree. And two, I think because of that, it has like a subconsciously negative connotation. Yeah, I agree. And if you feel like you're saying sorry all the time, it makes you feel like crap. You feel really guilty. I think when
1: you say sorry, like for me anyway, I feel like I'm probably quite a guilty person um, in that I always feel guilty for things I shouldn't and I'm like oh I'm really sorry and I'm like oh I feel a bit guilty for that and it's like I, I don't need to like I've yeah. not done anything wrong like why is our generation so riddled with guilt why are people so riddled with guilt yeah. for things I don't need to and why does
0: a sentence sometimes I'll type out an email and I'll start it with sorry to ask but and I'm like no I'm not sorry to ask because I'm asking them to meet a deadline that they should have met two days yeah. ago I'm not sorry because they they're the one that's missed yeah. that deadline and I'm like okay I'll I'm, i can reword that saying yeah. i want to check in on and get an update for blah blah blah, blah. yeah i think i don't it. need to be apologizing that's not, this is not my problem especially when <laughs> it's not like you're apologizing for something someone else hasn't done
1: yeah exactly no,
0: no more of that so i'm trying to be a bit more aware of it um i might
1: take that into 2019 and try and do that as a bit of a not resolution but like something i want to focus on become doing more conscious of it yeah, yeah it's really important
0: um and how about you last
1: piece of advice so my last piece of advice is actually something i heard on i mean i've heard like similar ones before but i actually heard it on the gray norton show a couple of months ago um and share was on it, it. this is like this is advice from share what more do you want in life but she was saying her mum said to her if it doesn't matter in five years time it doesn't matter and i just thought that's such like a good way of looking at things like basically don't sweat the small stuff like we get so wrapped up in those tiny things and we think they mean the absolute world and in a few years time they don't matter and actually if you know it's not going to matter like logically because there are some things of course that will, will probably still matter in five years time or legitimately you could think they will but it's those little things like I think a perfect example of this is do you remember when we were at uni and something went wrong with my laptop and I submitted a blank document for one of my projects instead of the essay oh yeah Or it was like, no, I submitted the wrong essay. So like I got a zero and I got my mark back and I was like, oh, this is weird. It's not loaded. Then I was like, oh my God, I got a zero and I opened it and I'd uploaded like, for one module, I'd uploaded the wrong um, essay. Like I'd saved over with a different title and something stupid like that. Like a really stupid, stupid mistake. It was like the end of the world. Like I was crying, I was hysterical. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to like fail my degree. (laughs) It was awful. I was so stressed. So I sent an email to my tutor and he was like, I figured this is what you did. Like, if it's, I couldn't email you and tell you because we have to have like anonymous markings. So I figured this is what happened. It's like, absolutely fine. Like, you can resubmit. We'll have to look into whether or not you get 10% deducted, but we might be able to work around it because you can see this is a genuine mistake. Like, basically, don't worry. I'd forgotten about this until about a week ago at the time it was like the world was ending and of course I had so much invested in it and I was working so hard of course it would be upsetting but I got so so worked up I kind of wish in that moment I'd had that logic of actually this probably won't matter in a couple of months time let alone a couple of years time so I probably don't need to get as worked up as I'm getting um and I think we just everyone can be so easy like you could say oh my god that thing is is such a big deal now it's a complete disaster and yes things can seem like the world is ending nine times out of 10 they aren't so maybe like it's just take again it's taking that step back and saying does this actually need to
0: cause me as much stress
1: and upset and anguish as it is.
0: Or could I be a bit more objective? So much of this is like relatable to how I think at work. Yeah. And it's just the daily things I stress and I worry about and I go home and I'm still thinking about. Mm -hmm. In reality, I should be thinking exactly like that. And God, not even months, the thing that I'm worrying about will not matter in literally two weeks' time. Things move so fast, it will be water under the bridge. (laughs) And things
1: change so much as well. So it's not like half time, it's not worth worrying about anyway, because like, I've worried about things that, like, I don't know. I've worried about things that have just never even happened because I was worrying about them like five or ten years ago and we're in such a different world now. It's not worth worrying about. Like, I know people who worry about, like, oh, my God, how am I going to get my kids into a good school? They've not even met anyone they want to have kids with. Yeah. It's like, well, by the time you come to have kids, the system's probably going to be different. So it's yeah. not really worth worrying about now. Like, put that energy somewhere else. Yeah. So true. Oh, I like them. They're all really good bits of advice. Yeah, I feel like I've learned something from you as well. I feel, I feel like we've had a real
0: good positive exchange here today. Yeah,
1: I feel really... Well, I hope this has been helpful for other people as well because these I feel like they're quite basic pieces of advice, but they're all things I've been told that have been like little light bulb moments and I'm like, oh my God, that's so simple but so true. Yeah,
0: and they're applicable to so many different situations as well, like whatever you're doing in life at the moment, whether it's work or studying, relationships um but yeah we'll pop all these little bits of advice in the show notes as well just so you can have a look at them and... yeah
1: and if you want some more positivity
0: we try to share quite a lot of positivity on
1: the 20s A hard instagram like just a really nice place of like positive vibes happiness like cute photos um all that kind of thing so and also if you want updates on what we're getting up
0: to, because sometimes yeah. we do interesting things. <laughs> sometimes there's things on stories that are cool. <laughs> like, we <"Hey>, he saw <laughs> this week? Yeah, so head over to uh, at 20s are hard on Instagram, um, and you can check all of that out there.
1: Yeah, and if you've been enjoying the podcast recently, we would love it if you could give us a five-star rating on iTunes, because that really helps other people to find our podcast yeah. um, and promote it a bit wider, because we'd, we'd love to have more people listening. So if you've been enjoying, don't forget to do that. Um, And we will see you all in a couple of weeks for the next episode. So the next episode will go live on the 26th of December. So actually, it will be after Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas or any holidays at this time of year, we hope you have a wonderful
0: time. Enjoy whatever you're doing and wherever you are in the world, whether you're with friends or family. um, And we hope you have a lovely... Holiday break,
1: yeah, but we will, yeah, we'll be back on the twenty sixth of December um, for our final podcast of the year. So we'll be sharing some of our favourite moments from the past year in that, um, and a nice chance for you to get to know us a bit better as well. Yes. So Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas! That was synced. We didn't even plan. <laughs> didn't that. even I'm try. So proud of us. <laughs> yeah, we will speak to you all soon.
0: Bye. Bye.